consequences always guys or you just never speak of it as time (laughs) passed by and it just never happened you can try but you can do that you can just be careful guys skeletons do come out i'm always always scared about that they do but at the same time if it comes out it comes out like what are you gonna do like yeah this is a person from my past but we're still tied because of x y and z because we literally don't have a choice and it is what it is back with another episode of flings and things i'm moni and i'm drea and we're here with episode 46 46 let's get that fix fix of what because i ain't getting no fix a dick right now i'll tell you that much whatever your heart, de- whatever your heart desires at this point <sighs> a lot of things actually <laughs> oh guys yeah. okay so we are here it's 11 a.m on a nice little um thirsty thursday throwback thursday but i ain't drinking no so it's not really thirsty thursday for me uh, we're on three hours of sleep right now. Uh, Dre and I. What's had- crazy is like we probably look the best. <laughs> Do we though? Because I'm missing some lashes. Well, but you know. I mean like better than the other video. True. And I did do my hair this morning. But I am wearing my pajamas right now before work. So I got off late last night. Probably like 12.15. And I called yeah. Dre because it's like a routine. Especially because she keeps me awake to drive home. Since I kind of did not take any of those applications I was asking for a couple weeks ago. They offered phone numbers and stuff. But I just. <laughs> I don't know. I just decided my cousin's better and she's always awake anyways nowadays. So I yeah. called her on the way home, 45 mm-hmm. minute drive, and we stayed on the phone till five in the morning. The 45, 45 minutes became like almost five hours. Basically. Yeah. We went to bed at five in the morning and I, we had to wake up at eight for this. Yeah. So here we are for you guys. Hi. I don't drink coffee. So. I'm not advertising Starbucks, but I also do drink Starbucks. It's just I like Dutch bros. But, you know, we don't have them everywhere yet. So. No, we don't. But I like coffee, and I'm glad they brought the seasonal back. I'm trying the almond milk, like, sugar cookie one, but I usually get the, was it creme brulee? Is yeah, you, you say do. It? You the do latte the creme one? Brulee. Yeah. It's the only hot one I like, so. No. But. Are you alive? Um, I am alive. <laughs> I came to a lot of realizations about myself yesterday. During it wasn't even. Therapy. It wasn't even just yesterday. It's stuff that I always think about. Mm-hmm and that always runs in my mind and i always say here especially on the podcast like life's a contradiction i'm personally a walking contradiction and i think last night monica got more clarity of how i think and why i am the way i am and not just did she get clarity but i did too Um, Because I think it's different when you are able to acknowledge it and recognize it and verbalize it and put it into a sentence and like articulate yourself about Mm -hmm. it than just being like, oh, like I already know what it is. But when you actually verbalize it to somebody, you're breaking it down. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like she was asking me questions and like picking my brain and I was able to answer those questions. Um and know what the actual problem was which is new for me and it was a breakthrough for me because I'm like damn like okay like I see the growth I see why I am the way I am I see why this and this now it's more of like using that recognition and trying to see how I could basically like better myself 
Um, I think that's something that we all need to do and we all have the power within us to do. Mm-hmm. But it's also if you want to do it. So I, I guess I just want to hear your viewpoint too and yeah. how <clears throat> it is and how it feels on the other side when you are talking to somebody and it can be anybody yeah. and they confide in you and they talk to you about their issues and their problems and you see that they're recognizing it and you see the growth how is it for you on the other side because i can definitely tell you how it is for me Mm -hmm. um but i want to know from somebody that's not in those situations and hearing about those situations and how that affects you in some way if it does or doesn't So I think first off, it depends on who the person is, because there are people who maybe you're not close to that really confide in you because you're one of those people that I'm sure some of you are out there and you always feel like everyone comes to you for advice or everyone comes to you to cry or break down. But you're just like a person that's very safe and people you're very approachable. Um, And I wouldn't say I'm that person, but I also do have a lot of people that confide in me, but they're Mm -hmm. usually people that already know me. Mm -hmm. So it's like someone like you, for example, it does affect me differently and it does impact me. Versus like someone that I'm not as close to, but I do care about. Yeah. Um, I would also say that for me, and I guess we can kind of use an example, but we can try to generalize it. It's just hard because you are closer to me. So it well, is that, different. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. how is it for you? Like hearing it. in either situation, yeah. like whether it's somebody close or, or not. somebody not close, like how yeah. does it affect you differently? Because I think people could really relate to that yeah. if they're that person that people confide in. Yeah. And they do have people that are close to them that do it. And they yeah. also have people that aren't yeah. so close, but more my question is is like how is it for you hearing yeah. the fact that somebody that you care about and love is actually like work like realizing working and, and realizing yeah. things for themselves the like i said like i can tell you how i feel and i'll yeah. go into that di- yeah. like later but it's like how does how do you feel hearing like certain yeah. words or certain things or certain experiences yeah. that somebody has gone through and you're just like so the first part before the experiences, just hearing the words of the breakthrough mm-hmm. for someone close to me, aka my cousin or anybody else important in my life, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would have asked me this question over five years ago, I don't know if I would have had an answer for you because I don't wouldn't have say I don't like to say I'm wise because you know <laughs> there's wiser people out there, but I feel like now I have so much more knowledge in the last two years of me reading therapy things, hearing my friends go to therapy and hearing what their therapists are saying and me having my own breakthroughs that I can actually understand and see things differently now. Mm -hmm. So when I hear you or people that are close to me say things like that, it makes me happy. It makes me proud. Mm -hmm. It also relieves a lot off my shoulders and that's me being very honest and transparent. And the reason why I say that is because when I care about somebody and we've talked about this before and she's kind of called me out on it, like, Mm It's not that I get judgy with people that are in my life making mistakes. I get irritated, but not in a way that it's like, I don't want to be around you. It's more like I'm frustrated that you're not, you know what's going on and you're doing this to yourself. And I'm guilty of doing that to my own self. But sometimes like, I feel like more recently I've, I'm vocalizing when I am going to do something that I shouldn't be doing. And I'm not like, I'm taking accountability. So when I see people realize, oh, this is stemming from this. Or this is, I'm doing this because of X, Y, and Z. It's mm-hmm. more like, I'm just going to say she because we talked last night. It makes no, sense. No, it's fine. She finally, she sees it. And maybe it's not finally. Maybe she knew, but she's realizing in this moment, 
this is why I'm like this. And this is what I want to change. And it makes me feel like, oh my God, like maybe now she can allow herself to receive the love and receive the care Mm -hmm. that you deserve. Yeah. Versus before you can vocalize, I know I deserve, I think anybody can say, I deserve this. I deserve better. We all say that. People tell you that all the time. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. But we don't You always believe it ourselves. And I say that because what you were saying earlier, you kind of know you got to work on things. People say, oh, I got to work yeah. on this. But you don't, until you translate that into your behaviors and your actions, like standing up for yourself or walking away when you need to walk away, that's when you really have the power back. Yeah. Because everyone can know they deserve better, but they still don't leave toxic situations. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like that, especially in the past. So when you say those things and when you're telling me like you're having these breakthroughs and like we talk it through, it makes me so happy that it's like finally you see it. Mm -hmm. But I also know you did see it already. But I think it's different now because we're getting deeper into the root cause of what the issue is. Mm -hmm. And then hearing the experiences on top of that, it upsets me more, I think, because Mm -hmm. we all know we go through shit. Like I tell her the shit I go through. She tells me. But I think all of us are guilty of concealing certain details or emotions you were feeling during a time of your life yes because you're too embarrassed to go into like it's it's a very vulnerable point that i think some of us only keep within ourselves not even to your significant other do you admit certain things of how you're feeling like a low point and i and i will say this like things that were being shared last night slash this morning um i have not confide in a person before Um, even my own mother, like she doesn't know a lot of the things I think I've become more open with that with her, but even then, and coming from a person that I'm open, but I'm also very private. And I think Monica can attest to that, especially Mm -hmm. like after hearing certain events and certain circumstances, Yep, I, I hold it very well together and I act as if everything is fine or even if it's not fine I make it seem like it's not as bad as what it actually was and um I think finally letting that go and just being vulnerable and raw and be able to confide in somebody about that experience or my experiences and things like that it helped And I know people say, oh, go to therapy, do this, do that. And I'm not saying that I don't believe in therapy because I do, I do. But not everybody has the money for it and has the funds for it. Mainly what it is. And honestly, it can be sometimes a little weird, like sharing those personal details with somebody that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, and other spectrum, like it can be also very easy because you don't know them. And they're not judging you versus you opening to someone that you might feel very close to that you're like, I can't admit that I felt this way. I think that's where I come from. Yeah. I have an easier time opening up about how I felt to people I don't know because Mm -hmm. I feel like even with you and I've opened up about certain feelings about like one of my exes recently and Mm -hmm. I told you like, I'm not going to lie. Like I feel them and to even say like, oh, like if I miss somebody or like 
I know this is not okay, but this is what I'm feeling. It is, it takes so much of me to even admit that to you. Yeah. And I'm close to you. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. It's what it is. And I'm embarrassed to feel things. And I like to hold this guard of like, I'm okay. Yeah. Because that's what I want to show. And unfortunately, like yeah. we all know social media is fake. Everyone thinks our lives are perfect and happy. But obviously we all go through things behind closed doors. And like, I hide that also do very you, well. Do you think too, because I, I... I'm a very uh, hmm, prideful person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they say that having too much pride isn't a good thing. Um, I think it's okay to be prideful in certain situations and certain things. However, when it comes to experiences and basically when you tell somebody, you kind of relive it too. Yeah. And... Some of those things, I really just want to put it behind me and I don't want to relive it. But I realize that sometimes or I needed to talk about it and relive it um, <laughs> just to kind of move past it. Even if it's been so long ago and I feel like I have moved past it. In reality, I've kind of just put it on the back burner and I haven't really processed what has happened. And I think now I've been processing i'm not even gonna lie to you i've i've cried a lot and i don't consider myself necessarily a crier but i also don't consider myself not a crier because i do cry like i do show emotion i do get emotional like i was actually thinking about it the other day and i know this sounds crazy but i get very emotional when i watch movies um, and recently I was watching a movie and somebody died in the movie and like, she's screaming and like, Oh, those, those are like the ones that get me when they're hysterical. Like she, and then I start she feeling, was, and I and, usually don't cry. And movies. I'm not going to lie. Like that for me, I've realized is like a trigger. It's a PTSD thing because in that moment of the movie, when that was happening, I kind of felt myself blacking it out and like blocking it out too because I didn't want to deal with the fact that that scene was actually making me go back in time and making me feel like I was in that place again of certain things happening and yeah it was very um hard because i did have somebody here at the house so i was trying not to cry i hate that but i do the same thing i don't try not to cry i will <laughs> say that i warned this person because i told them hey i'm letting you know like i don't like watching movies with people because i cry yeah. like in certain like situations mm -hmm. and i become very like I don't want to say empathetic to the movie, even though some people can argue that you that's feel, what it is. Yeah, because you're feeling in the moment of what's going on. But it's also because it resonates with. But the crying part, or do you feel like it's what was going on in the movie? What was going okay, on? Okay, I didn't know what was going and on. Then, that's okay. Um, I also realized seeing a lot of blood gets to me. Okay. Um. And I started thinking, because as some of you know, I used to be a nurse in surgery. I've seen a lot of blood. I've been in abdomens before. Like, I've seen things that people normally can't even have the stomach for. Yeah. And 
I realized that me watching it on this TV screen, which is probably why I can't even watch like horror or gore movies, <laughs> yeah. is that shit. It doesn't make my stomach turn, but I feel my heart racing. And people will say, oh, that's adrenaline. No, like it like feels tight and I feel like I'm going to have a panic attack. Okay. And I started thinking if I felt that way in the surgical room. And I did. Okay. However, it was a job and I was getting paid for. So it was easier for me to kind of push that off to the side. But I didn't really realize that that job in itself, as much as I enjoyed it, could have also been hindering me from growth because I was constantly, mm. constantly putting that in the back of my head of like, don't think about it. It's fine. It's yeah, because you job. can't focus on something like, else if you're focusing on your emotions exactly, and holding that in. Yeah. Exactly. And... Coming to these realizations has not been easy. It's taken a long time. Even in the moment of these situations and these experiences, I've known most of the time what the problem is. I've known what I need to do um, or even not even know what I need to do, but I know it needs to be fixed. And I think now I'm at the point where it's like, even if I don't know what to do, yeah, I'm still going to work towards something. Even if it's something minute, I'm still going to work on, okay, well, I may not know how to get over this, but let me dissect this. And instead of making it such a big task, I'm breaking it down into smaller tasks and smaller goals for myself. Mm-hmm. Whereas instead of, okay, well, I need to fix this, this action completely. Well, no, let me take a step back because I don't really know how to do that yet. But let me see. If I get defensive with this, maybe I try not to get so defensive. And then maybe in the outcome, my response will be different, which then will lead to X, Y, and Z. So the defensiveness, I've been questioning myself on this because I am guilty of getting defensive. I think it depends on what it's being told to me. And but, how. And how. Oh, it's yeah. always only how. Because when you tell me things, I don't really get as defensive because you come at me very nicely. And mm-hmm. I know it's out of love. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like sometimes with certain things that you do might get defensive over with anybody in your life that tells you something? It could be because not only, obviously, it's a trigger of depending what they're asking, but it's also because, um, like, you kind of know it already and you're mad at your, like, you know that, like, it's like you're mad at yourself because it's like, ew, somebody else noticed that about me and I'm already aware of it. Like, you Mm -hmm. don't need to tell me, but then you're also like, but I obviously clearly haven't fixed it because someone else is noticing it. Yeah. Because I feel Um, like I have with, like, certain things that I can think of in my head. Most definitely. And I think also it's uh, more of like like you said how it's being told but mm-hmm. also the intention behind like why are they telling me this or why are they yeah. asking this yeah and that just goes down to like thinking the worst of people mm-hmm. which is something i am i feel like i've said i know i've said in the past like okay like i'm kind i'm this i'm genuine whoop de whoop and i am all those things but i'm also not perfect I do lash out sometimes when I feel, uh, I think she and I, we were talking about yesterday when I don't feel like I have a safe space. And I think this goes for anybody, but specifically for me in this moment, when I don't feel like I have a safe space to speak with somebody, when I feel constantly challenged in the worst way, I will lash out and I will say things that are unnecessary, or I will say things that it's like, damn, like, are you trying to hurt somebody? Yeah, I am. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that i'm perfect 
Um, even though that is a picture that we all like to paint. We all do. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if I'm being real with myself and I'm being raw, I, and I feel like other people can relate to this. Mm-hmm. Like we all have our flaws and we all have an ugly side that we don't want people to know about. Of course. Cause if they knew about it, they might not like us. Yeah. And I think that's the sad reality. And I love that you said that because something that comes to my mind is emotional maturity. And I think I can honestly tell you right now that I would guess that majority of people mm-hmm. are going to tell you that they're not emotionally immature because who the hell wants to be labeled as emotionally immature? Nobody. But the thing is, a lot of people, including myself, I'm am I me. I'm emotionally immature. Me too. I already know this. We talk. Okay, so that's what she's saying is literally what I'm getting at is that's why therapy. Like she said, financial reasons. If it was free, best believe my ass would be in therapy right now or at least trying. So something I read and this is where it's like we're being raw right now. And I think all of us need to look in the mirror and just be real with ourselves. I would if someone told me you're emotionally immature, it probably right away thinking of what that means. I would have been like, not really, maybe a little. But when I read like the therapy, the therapist instagram that i follow that she's a therapist and she puts these slides like all the time i think i sent you i've sent like everybody in my life these slides that you probably know if you're listening there was one about emotionally um like being emotionally immature Mm -hmm. and when i read each like time you swipe the phrase or whatever she's saying or the example i think i actually read that one almost like i would say 60 to 70 percent of them applied to me and i was like fuck so like i I do i do remember that because (laughs) I didn't have, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I actually didn't have too many, but okay. I did have some. And okay. those sums are actually a lot as far as like, I do it all the time. Or I... Okay. Oh, like so there's less of them, but you were like, you but do I'm it often. It's consistent with it. Yeah. So I was like, damn, okay, well, at least it's not that bad. Yeah, but I should have brought those up, but it's okay. I'm like, at least it's not that bad, but <laughs> yeah. it is bad in the sense of like, I can't get over those ones i can't overcome those tendencies and if it's often to someone it's it's gonna feel like it is yeah like a lot and i know that one of mine is a lot of them is the fact that sorry that's my dog she wants attention (laughs) like a lot of them is the fact that i when i feel attacked i don't know how to just leave it and walk away okay and I, la- like I said, I lash out. Whether it's, I don't yell, but I will say things purposely to sabotage it. Or I will say purposely yeah. that I know, like, will hurt somebody. Or, like, yeah. you know, like, I will protect myself and i think we all do that like ah, that's what i'm doing at the end of the day okay well you said this 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 that you don't want this or you don't like this or whatever the case may be well i'm gonna act this way so i know for a fact that you won't like me Mm -hmm. or and this is just like examples or like i'll say this because i know that it will get a rise out of you and like yeah little things like like little things and i know that it will get a rise out of you and then my ass because I think everything's a fucking joke, even though I'm being serious because I get uncomfortable and I know what I'm doing. I will start laughing at the situation, which I know people hate that. 
and then all of a sudden I start thinking I'm like well fuck once it's all said and done and I've done it I'm like well damn there was no that was not necessary I didn't have to go that crazy about it and I didn't have to say it or I didn't have to really put that type of energy out there yeah so another thing Sorry, I'm not going to say so good. Ready? One, two, three. The emotional maturity thing, I kind of want to go back to because I'm realizing now that some of the reasons why I feel like I had some of those like examples, which I brought them up, so I'm going to go over them right now, but not right yet, is because you weren't able to process your emotions in a healthy, safe way as a child. Oh, yeah. And as a female... I should not have had that issue because at least in our culture and even society in general, not even just our culture, a lot of the time, usually men, boys are not allowed to be emotional. Mm -hmm. However, not only did I, okay, I'm being very raw right now and whether this makes me look bad or not. So there's a couple things that I've seen in my past that I can understand why I get so upset quickly or stressed out quickly or just things like trigger me. Number one, my parents argued a lot growing up Mm -hmm. and I don't want to put their information on blast, but like, it's just a reality when they were, they had me at 23, like, fuck, if I was 23 having a kid, like, and I'm young and it's my first, like, I don't know. Like I can understand like nobody's perfect. My parents argued a lot. And I remember because I was the oldest and they don't argue like that anymore. Like it was a lot, a lot back then. And I'm talking about like six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Right when I'm going and I'm old enough to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think seeing my mom and we actually, me and my mom had this conversation about two weeks ago. We kind of got deep. She's very strong, independent. Yes. How she acts and reacts. She was very reactive. Mm -hmm. And I think I took that from her because Mm -hmm. my sister, on the other hand, is not as reactive. She can be. But she's also doesn't like being reactive. Like she doesn't like loud. She's like you. She doesn't like screaming and like she doesn't like all that nonsense. And she gets to that point, then she will start being like that. But mm-hmm. for me, it always used to go straight to that. Mm-hmm. And I grew up seeing that constantly. My mom is not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. But I remember clearly, right? Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of people that know me would argue that I was spoiled as a child, including all my siblings. Maybe not my brother as much because he doesn't really ask for things. But I feel like me and my sister definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying I'm a spoiled brat, but my mom did call me that multiple times when I was a kid. When I was um, like talking back or things back then when I was like like literally a, less than probably a teenager, like a preteen. Mm-hmm. And so I think that part of also never being told no. I didn't take yeah. full advantage of it like I could have because I could have been a worse spoiled brat and I really wasn't. But there were times where I told my mom, like, I would argue because I was so Mm -hmm. used to getting my way. I think that can affect your emotional maturity because you get what you want. So when you don't, you throw a fit. And yeah, my fits aren't like a four-year-old, but I could still throw a fit. And I've thrown fits with partners when I don't get my way. And you know, because I would tell you, or even with you sometimes with certain things. I'm not used to that. And then the third thing, I cried almost like 98% of senior year. And the only reason I know that, and I'm not being dramatic, is because I decided my first day of senior year, I was going to start those black and white composition notebooks. Mm-hmm. I filled two of them up, mm-hmm. one to one to two pages. Not every day was two. Some days were one. 
And I journaled every single day Mm -hmm. the entire senior year. I made it my mission. Weekends, everything. And I would Mm -hmm. talk about what happened that day. 90% of that was my boyfriend at the time, the toxic one. Mm -hmm. And when I went back to read that a year later, I read every single day I was upset or crying. Yeah. And there were literally tears in my book, like messed up the ink. And I remember when I started reading them, I was reminding myself of what the fuck I went through. It's like, how could, how could I have allowed myself to be in that state? And I I threw the books away. I didn't need to keep those anymore. And I think all of that, after that relationship with all the past, it became so, I became numb. That's when the sex with no emotion started. Yeah. I think I cried myself out, which is why when death happened, I could barely cry. And now it's harder. But like I said, I feel like I've healed a little bit. Like, so now I'm starting to be <clears throat> more emotional about things. I cried a lot. I told you in Europe, like randomly, I cried on the plane. I was like, oh, it's probably just my period though. But I don't know. I have felt more emotional lately. I feel like for me as a kid, mm-hmm. I was actually a very angry kid. Okay. But I was a kid that I suppressed that anger and I wouldn't show it. But I would like lock myself in my room or like not come out or I was alone a lot and I was okay with being alone and um, seclude myself from people. Um Sounds I would, like avoidant. Right? Yeah. A little. Okay. And I, because I didn't want to explode. I didn't want to get angry because I already knew, like, I would get angry and I would punch walls. Okay. That's different. Yeah. Like, I'd be mad and I would punch walls. My mom didn't know, but, like, I would punch, like, the wall in my closet. Like, if I go home right now and I look in the back of the closet, like you could see like where I would punch all the time. I would purposely like not punch it to the point where I would make a hole. Cause I knew my ass would get beat, <laughs> but like, yeah, I definitely like would do that or I did th- not know that I would take like a shoe and I would throw it at the wall. Like that's honestly, you put are so like put together now when you're upset that I could not even imagine you doing that. It was more because I didn't have an, I didn't know how to express myself. I didn't know how to, who do I run to when I'm mad? I didn't have a sibling. I didn't have, if I'm mad at my mom, like she's the only person I talk to. I don't want to talk to her because I'm mad. I didn't have like someone I could confide in. I didn't know what to say, what not to say. So like I would suppress it and I would quote unquote let it go and not let it bother me. But at the end of the day, I'd be I'd be pissed and I would just like take my shoes and like just toss them. And like when I was like home alone and people are going to probably be like, damn, she's psychotic. But like this is me being raw with you guys. And I feel like a lot of kids and teenagers can relate to this oh, too. Yeah. Like if you think about how you were like back then, I would have the house to myself And sometimes, like, I would just be so, like, into whatever I was doing, whether it was, like, cleaning or whatever, and i just scream. And I, like, would take my shoes and start throwing them at the wall. Like, there's a hole in my wall 
because my I threw it so hard that my heel stuck to the actual wall. I think a lot of teenagers, I mean, we see it in even <clears throat> media. Teenagers are known yeah. to be very like emotional and or that, that's erratic. They say, that's they say like you're not your prefrontal lobe is not fully developed. So we can't. That's why they. Oh, well, sorry, I don't want to get off topic, but basically like we can't control our emotions and we're impulsive. And that's why they say like and then, the law is different when you murder someone or do something stupid and you're under 18. They're trying to argue that you're literally not in your right mind because you're young and, and that age. That's another thing, too. Like I was going through um, and I I feel like more people can relate to this, too. Like I was going through a lot at home that I was embarrassed to talk about because you know no one wants to talk about the fact that they have somebody in their household that's sick that you know or somebody in their household that like they go to school you act like a quote-unquote kid and then you come home and all of a sudden you're taking care of somebody like there were multiple times I lived with my grandmother by the way there's multiple times that I would come home from school and this is like middle school and I want to say it was like maybe two three times that I found my grandmother at the bottom of the stairs and I didn't know how long she had been there but she had fallen and she couldn't get up or like even after I graduated high school my mom called me and said hey the neighbors called your grandmother went out in the middle of the street because my grandma didn't know what she was doing or like I always had to find a way home. I hated that. I hated I hated the fact that I had to figure out how to get home because my mom couldn't pick me up because she couldn't leave my grandma alone. Yeah. Or um I think this is really big like the fact that you know my grandmother had dementia and Alzheimer's and I had graduated high school already and I was going to leave. And a week before I left, she forgot that me and my mom went to the store and the dogs were at the house and she opened my room and the dogs got into something they shouldn't have. And my favorite dog that I've had for like 14, 15 years suffocated in a bag of Cheetos And it was all because my grandma went looking for us in the house. But I couldn't blame her for that. Like, big events happened because my grandmother was sick. Yeah. And I did not like talking about that at school. I didn't have anybody to talk to about that at school. Nobody. And if they were going through it, they weren't talking about it at school. So, like, I was very, I was angry. I was very angry, very upset, very, like, I didn't know how to process my emotions. Mm -hmm. And I realize now that I'm an adult that it has been a conflict also in my relationships. Whereas now, like, I am trying to, to communicate better. Yeah. I am trying to communicate my feelings more. Whether or not the person likes that or whether or not they like me back or whether or not it makes them uncomfortable. And maybe that is selfish of me, but I feel like I'm doing it in a way where like I'm also 
opening up that communication for them too to be able to communicate with me yeah and like i'm doing that with everybody in my life or at least i'm trying to um you know i feel like we all have those people that like we don't need that type of communication you know yeah because there's really nothing wrong like yeah to get that deep or whatever yeah it's like those friendships or relationships that are just they're just uh surface level i just Mm -hmm. like heard an episode on a podcast about that it's like you can still have them in your life but you just there's no need to go that deep because you don't have that deep connection with them but you still like care as a person like yeah or like you have a different type of connection or you guys only hang out to do certain things activities but I think what I want to go back to, um, and I'm going to ask you because I don't know yeah. your experience compared to mine. Mm-hmm. So something that you said made me think about something. You said that you didn't like to talk about it at school because you were embarrassed. I wanted to ask you, did your mom or grandma, I'm assuming probably your mom it would have been if that is the case, did she ever like tell you not to tell people? And the only reason why I asked mm-hmm. that is because I realized now that I'm older and I kind of realized it really, really right now when you said that. Once again, mm-hmm. therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. Um... I think part of the reason why I'm so embarrassed to admit when things are wrong, we got Sorry, doggy problems. Dog. Simba, stop it. Hey. Simba. Okay. Sorry. So one of the reasons why I feel like I is always embarrassed to talk about issues in my life, and I'm not blaming my mom, but I, I would say my parents actually, because my dad's even mm-hmm. said things recently that I'm like, It's not just mom. It's you too. Yeah. And then I saw a meme on Instagram, on a Latino Instagram, and they said it was a Latino thing. And I'm like, is it a cultural thing? Or maybe it's just a my family thing. But when I read the meme, other people related. (laughs) I felt like. So other people related. And I felt like, okay, this might be why I'm this way. My parents wanted to paint a picture like everything was fine. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're fake because they're not. It's more of like. These People problems, don't need to be in our business. they don't need to be in our business. And kind of what you said earlier about they want to be private. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But as a child going through things, I should be able to vent to somebody about my problems at home. Yeah. And I can honestly tell you, I didn't really vent much to my best friend. I didn't vent much to my cousins because they knew Same. my parents and I didn't want them to know what was going on behind closed doors. I was not abused or anything. It was nothing that serious. It was just more of like how I felt or when they would argue and like divorce was thrown out there once or yeah. twice when I was a kid, maybe more than that. Um, and I would be so distraught and emotional and scared. And I refused for my family to break up because everybody around me had divorced parents. And that was my my biggest thing as a kid, like worst nightmare that I always had was my parents splitting up. And I realize now it translates to nowadays where it's like, I don't like to talk about my issues mm-hmm. and it's not because I want people to think I'm perfect. It's more of like, I'm you embarrassed. Know. You don't need to know what's going on. That's bad with me because I was always told that people don't need to know and they shouldn't know our business. So I think that that now has affected me and not wanting to explain to certain people because the whole world doesn't need to know what's going on Mm -hmm. but at least the people that you need to feel safe with and I think now that I'm older I realize that that might be some of the reasons why I didn't want to talk about things so I I can agree and I can um relate to that to an aspect but I think for me and you and I we talked about this last night Mm -hmm. too um in my household there were things that it is no one's fault because there's no like 
proper guide on how to be a parent. And that's right? why we want to make this clear. Like, me and my mom are best friends. I have the best me, relationship with her. And me and my mom, we're pretty close. And we've been working our, our yeah. relationship as well. This is just things that and we realized. Growing up, I never had a safe space. And my safe space was always my room. Which is why I locked myself in there majority of the time can you elaborate why you felt you didn't have a safe space because i didn't feel my mom and i we argued a lot in high school okay i didn't feel like she understood me okay um there was a lot of things said on her end that would not make a child feel like they could come to her for anything um my just an example um and she and i we've talked through this and she realizes like oh shit okay like yeah i could see why you didn't even feel comfortable talking to me yeah i would answer the i would answer the phone my mom would call me right Mm -hmm. and it's very minute it's very small but when it continues to happen it's kind of like what the heck it can be triggering like like annoying but also like like i would (laughs) answer the phone i was like hey mom like what's up like what do you need right or I wouldn't say, what do you need? But I'd be like, hey, mom, what's up? What's up? That's not how you talk to me. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, I'm sorry. And then that would turn into, why do you have an attitude? And it's like, whoa. Like, in my head, I'm like, dude, you just came at me sideways. Like, I'm having a good time right now. And I'm literally saying, hi, mom. Like, what's up? Yeah. And I used to hear my friends, like, say that to their parents and it not be an issue. And... I'm still in my head I'm being respectful and you know like the times are different too whereas like the lingo's different and it's not like how it was back where my mom grew up and my mom had a hard time like shifting that process Ugh. and or like we're well, getting <laughs> deep right now you're making me think about other things Keep or going. like I would answer the phone again but I knew my mom didn't like what's up so I'd be like hey mom my mom would go ape shit. Why are you calling me? Hey, why are you saying? Hey, so it didn't even make you feel like you even wanted no. to say nothing after that. Cause it's kind of like, okay, so it's like, yeah, I get that. If you're tripping over how I'm greeting you when I'm being respectful and I'm not being rude and I'm, my tone isn't off because yeah. it became to the point where I was so focused on my tone, which is probably why now I'm so like, uh, fixated on how people speak to me makes sense is if I'm so concerned about how I'm speaking to you and you are still taking it in a way where you feel disrespected or you feel some type of way of how I'm talking to you or you feel like anything I do because I will say that like my mom made it seem like anything I said anything I do was automatically disrespectful like eggshells almost like you feel like you yes. can't even say okay and I can relate to and that not, in some aspects and not just that but anything I said automatically I was labeled as disrespectful and to me it's like I'm not being disrespectful first off like the generation is different mm-hmm. how we speak is different um second of all yeah i understand that i approach you differently but when i'm saying hey mom yeah like and i'm answering the phone and i'm fine calm cool and collected and you're yelling me on the phone because i said hey and you're telling me i'm not one of your little girlfriends it's like okay well then how am i supposed to answer the phone because i say hey to everybody or like i would change it up and be like hi mom why do you have an attitude 
Like, bro, like I could not win. Like anything I did, I could not win. So that created a space for me where like I didn't feel comfortable in sharing anything with my mother. Because like I said, if a greeting is causing problems and a greeting that me answering the phone, it got to the point where like I would not answer my phone when I was out because my mom would ruin it for me. So you didn't want your mood to change. And I didn't want my mood to change. And then that caused other problems because like, okay, well, now why aren't you answering? Are you doing drugs? Are you doing this? And it's like, no. No, like, why can't you just trust that you raised a, a daughter that, like, isn't doing those things? Because I wasn't. At that time, I was not doing that. And then when I did go out and I started going to parties or I started yeah. drinking, like, I was actually open with my mother about it. Which is surprising if you didn't feel like you had a safe space. But- it was <clears throat> the reason why is because it was better for me to be open than to get caught about it. Yeah. So, and I realized that quick. So it's me like, too. Honestly, that's why I was honest. So it's like, okay, mom. Yeah, I'm. I'm drinking. Can you pick me up? She she picked us up from a party once, and I was drunk, and she made us pancakes. That's crazy. I don't remember that. Was it the high school one? Yeah. Fuck. It was right after the big driveway one. Yes. Oh my god. When barely. I le- oh, when, when I was I hanging le- out with the freaking stoner friend in the backyard and at I got, the party because she left me. I got <laughs> fucked up, dude. <clears throat> yeah, she did. But like it's things like that, and I feel like we're kind of getting a little off track here. But I no, think it also pertains to it too because if you're a parent out there, I think it's very crucial, and it's something that I want to do, obviously for my kids, yeah. to be able to create that safe space for so them. Can be and we've talked about this before. I want my child, even if I'm upset at them, I want them to be able to feel like, okay, she's mad, but I can still go to my mom for anything. Or I can still go to my dad for anything. If I'm str- like something was wrong, That's basically. what I'm saying. And like, I still want them to feel that. And a part of me, a huge part of me did not feel that with my mom, but I feel like I, w- I had no other choice but to continue to do that with her. But it wasn't because I felt safe. It was more like I have nobody else to really confide or do those things yeah. with that like, if something were to happen to me, and I think that was always in the back of my head because yeah. my mom made it very clear that if anything happened to me, like she would go like ballistic. So I think that was a fear of mine. Yeah. So her instilling that fear in me yeah. is most likely the only reason why I would still keep her in the loop of shit. Yeah. Um, I think the safe space for me was not created because not so for me it wasn't disrespectful my Mm -hmm. mom something that was always out of her mouth since like four or five years old up until high school i think i barely heard it after high school it's Mm -hmm. just stopped you're talking back you're talking back stop talking back yes so i think i mentioned in a previous episode and we were joking about it but now this is more of a serious take on it i didn't feel like i had the safe space to explain why i was feeling some way and what my opinion or why i disagreed because it was talking back it turned into a fight, whether it's yelling, screaming, and sometimes physical. Yep. Um, that I just didn't want to say shit. And I think I felt like I had no voice. And that's mm-hmm. why now I'm always speaking up for myself and maybe to the point where it's not needed because I feel like I need to say something mm-hmm. because it's what I'm thinking. Because every time my mom told me something or I was disciplined for whatever thing she was telling me, 
I had thoughts in my head. I'm a very thoughtful person. She knows almost everything she talks to me. I have a fucking huge ass rant to go on because I have so many thoughts in my brain. That's why like, yeah. I feel like in every aspect of my life, I'm good at what I'm doing because I have, I think about things on different levels. Yeah. And I think I've always been that way. So when I was a kid, the only way to express that is to yell back when they're yelling at you. And of course my mom didn't like that. So I don't think I ever had the safe space to tell my mom. So mom, I don't agree with why you're telling me this because X, X Y, Z. Z. And I think like what she said and because how I want to do with that's my kids. Viewed as like, well, you're the kid. Yes. You don't have just a say. Just listen to me. And that was another thing too that I brought up with my mom not to cut you off. It's the because I said so. Instead yeah. of sitting me down and actually explaining the to why me behind it like you do with anybody. Why, and yeah. it's like you want that for and I and I told my mom this as a kid, you wanted me to explain myself to you. Yeah, so you're not but explaining you yourself to me. You never wanted to explain yourself to me. And yeah. some parents may argue with the fact, well, you respect your elders, you do this. And I I agree That's with that. That's a traditional view too. To, I agree with that to an extent because the thing is too to teach your child respect, you have to give that respect to you your child. You lead by example. Well. We talk about that in the workplace. I'm sorry, but it translates to your relationships. Like you have to preach or do what you preach. And I think that is so huge because it takes patience for that. And I think a lot of parents that are younger parents, because you're still going through that emotional maturity goes back to that. You don't know how to regulate your emotions. So when your kid upsets you, you're like, no, this is me. Like, this is my way. You don't want to listen to what they have to say. But if you teach your child, hey, so why did you do that? I'm just curious, like, you know, obviously tone, like, don't be sarcastic. Like, when you did that, like, what were you thinking? Like, you know, like, why did you think that that was okay? Or like, but say it very nicely. Don't say it like, so why do you think that was okay? Like, that's rude to or, me. Or even like explain to them what they did yeah. is wrong because of X, Y, and Z. Or why you think it's wrong. Because like, like I said, I feel like yeah. I was very opinionated as a young kid. Yeah. Like I felt like I knew a lot of things. I questioned a lot of things. And I just felt like my, like I was always kind of shut down. And I realize now that that all, that safe space of not being able to express how I feel has now backfired in me because now I don't know how to regulate my emotions very well. And that's why I'm so reactive because I was so used to fight or flight of arguing. And like, if I didn't get my way or not being able to at least explain why I want to do something a certain way, there was always a problem. So that's why I tend to talk louder. My my favorite one is why are you talking when I'm talking? I've heard that. It wasn't as reoccurring as the talk back with that one one. too. And it's like, well, I'm talking because we're having a discussion. Like, well, that's exactly it should be a discussion. And then (laughs) it would be like, well, don't talk like I'm speaking or which in fact, like I understand that. But at that point, when someone's talking to you in that way, like you're not listening. I think. I'm not trying to tell people to parent. Yeah, we don't have kids, so. But at the same time, at the same time, I do think we are making valid points. And I think a lot of people can resonate with this because, like I said, there is no perfect parent handbook. And parents will do the best that they can, quote unquote. Or what they believe. Or what they believe. However, I think the safe space is huge. Mm -hmm. I've realized that not having that has created a lot of issues with me uh growing up and like you see it like this is why people are toxic this is why people literally the way you're raised don't understand certain concepts of communication Mm -hmm. and that's something that i know that 
Moni and I are trying to break away from. We are trying to break that cycle from our families. Not saying that our families are, are toxic, yeah, wrong for that, yeah. But it is an issue, and it is a problem. Um, I feel like in a lot of people's households, yeah. and. I've witnessed how other people raise their kids versus how I was raised. And, you know, we're all going to have our opinions. We're all going to be like, okay, well, that kid, blah, blah, that kid, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I feel like people are a little bit more open nowadays to kind of allow their kid to quote unquote be free. Okay. Even though I feel like that's not okay either. Boundaries. (laughs) Boundaries. Yeah. But allowing i've seen people different people's like parenting styles parenting styles where it's like don't do that blah 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 and the kids just like sitting there like what the heck well, like why kids exactly. ask why to everything why is the sky blue why? they want to know why and they're I'm old not, enough to understand and i will say this i think there's a boundary with that too mm-hmm. and a balance you don't need to explain everything because i'm not gonna lie if you're sitting there and you're like moving around stop moving yeah, but I would explain to them like that it makes people uncomfortable when you move so much. I know they might not understand that, but I think I've I, one of my friends is a parent and I've watched her parent and I always tell her, I don't know how you're so patient because I would want to just react that way. But but I like the but way that's she the thing, too. I think there's certain moments where, you know, you're human, too. Like you're not always going to be patient. Yeah. You're not always going to, you know, and sometimes like in especially in public places like, huh. i'm sorry if yeah. you embarrass me you better cut that shit out like right now and then i will go back to it and talk to you about it and i think that's the the, the key thing here too like my mom never really went back to explain it she always just said this is how it is that's what it is like you listen to me and it was never like she comes back and be like okay honey i just want to talk about like how what happened at the grocery store like yeah, i see this is in the especially when you're older like when you're a kid my mom did i feel like she actually did come back okay. but not every time it was inconsistent i'll okay. say that it was inconsistent. I, I will say this like I, when you're a kid you do have to nip it in the butt right then and there because they'll forget 100 percent. you have to do it in the moment but when you're older and like you're like 12 13 and it's like what the heck like you can definitely like address that later um I just want to say to to kind of wrap this up. I have one more thing to say. <laughs> but you can go. That I am proud that, and I've said this to you too. Like I've seen the growth that you've made. I've seen you. Um, I don't want to say the word the words hold back, but I do see yourself examining situations better where your input or your opinion isn't always needed, and you not really putting that in all the time trying to and it's so hard. <laughs> I, I i know it's not just with you trust me. i know At work i catch myself and i'm just like i'm gonna shut up i'm just gonna go back <laughs> to my computer <laughs> but being aware of it yeah. is good and i think that also comes from having somebody that is um that knows that about you too and is receptive yeah. about that and also like having people in your corner that will make a positive impact that will hold you accountable and call you on your shit. But in the most nicest loving way possible, I think that's huge for when you are trying to change or help somebody and else help your own self. Yeah. Because I've realized that 
if I kept the same people in my life, because I've cut off a lot of people, um, but if I've kept the same people in my life, I would not be where I am today mentally and emotionally, and they would have created a negative impact. And I think that's another point because there's so many points to this. Like there's so many some, tangents we can go on. Sometimes about this. you do need to cut people off to better yourself. And we all hear that. But I'm saying it from the standpoint of emotionally and mentally because some people they'll hold you accountable, but they'll hold you accountable in the most negative way instead of making that accountability as like a positive thing for you. Yeah. Like I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but vice versa, you and to me and me to you, when we hold each other accountable, yeah, maybe sometimes we don't always say it in the most quote unquote loving way. Yeah. But we do end up addressing the issue and we do end up going back and saying, hey, I just want to let you know, like when I said it like this, I really wasn't trying to come at you or like I really wasn't. Or why are you saying it? I think I do that more. I don't really say in a loving way, but I explain to you like, why am I telling you this right now? Because yeah. what do I want to see come out but from you this? Do. But you do. Because then you end up explaining, I'm telling you this because I love you. That's true. And yeah. you just saying those words is, enough, yeah. is reassurance that like it's coming from a loving place. And I know with me, I try to say things calmly and I try to not tiptoe, but I do try to kind of mentally prepare. And it's not just you. I do it with everybody. I mm-hmm. try to mentally prepare the person like, hey, I do have some feedback or I do want to let you know something. I don't want you to get defensive right away. It's just something that I am realizing. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's just how I took it. Yeah. And I will then go into whatever rant I need to go on. And I feel like people do receive that a lot better. And I only receive how you re- how yeah. you talk to me because like I, I know you. Yeah. Um, but well, not everybody knows people. And I think that makes a part. And that's the thing. Yeah, um, I feel like you need to be also careful, not me and you, because we know each yeah, other. But yeah. when you are doing that, the only thing that I read something actually last week and I was like, shit, I do this sometimes. Try to refrain from saying don't get defensive or don't take this the wrong way. Because yeah, I yeah. actually like sometimes I read it somewhere that people usually like when you say that it's, someone's like when someone says that, be ready because they're going to be saying like for some people, for some people, it's your tone and I the way think, you go about it. But I think the re- the reason why I say that, though, is because I'm mentally preparing them for what I say, because I do tell them what I say may Make it may, you, upset, it you. may upset you or it may make you defensive. And I that's think saying okay. that is better than just saying and that's okay. Don't take this the wrong way. However, I don't want you to think that I'm saying this of yeah. malicious intent. And like I've said things like that before. And all I'm saying in all in all to make it shorter is you need people that are going to hold you accountable positively Mm -hmm. and not like tear you down when you are already down and when you're already trying to lift yourself out and they're just like, yeah, you did that. Blah, 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 blah. Like nobody likes people. People do say that. You know what I I mean? I've I've seen, I've witnessed it. I get what you're saying. And I think, but I think that's something that I've done with you where I had to be careful, but we, but like was just more of like, yes, you're down. But I also like this is where we this is where the reflection needs to come in, because I think sometimes letting people be down and waiting for them to get out and then addressing it. It's not like I think it needs to be addressed twice, in my opinion. Yes, 
but that's what I'm saying. It yeah. all comes down to how you're doing it. If you're doing it negatively, the person's not going to receive that. Of course, because they're already Whether, like not even thinking that's about... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're trying to make it more positive in whichever way you do that. Yeah. Like they're going to receive it better. And that's... Most people. Most people. Not everyone. <laughs> but yeah. <Trust> but <laughs> I will say I've done it with somebody too that did not receive a lot. Uh, did not receive things very well. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and it always came to the point where sometimes they would self-reflect, sometimes they wouldn't. But when they would, they'd be like, okay, you know what? I was this and this. Yeah. I, I, I did hear you, but I reacted because it reminded me of this, this, and this. So that's a good thing. And exactly. So sometimes I, I have realized that you have to kind of let people to kind of just be and let them be in their own space and be in their head for a little bit before you can readdress the situation. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to treat me like shit, I'm going to tell you right now like that I'm not having that. And we are going to have to address it if I want you part of my life. Yes. Um, but okay. yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> so something else that because um, we could like go on multiple tangents from we this can. whole conversation about things. But I think something that another takeaway from this conversation about the parenting thing, as we are not parents, is that it made me think about because me and my um, when my mom were talking about that whole situation. I told her, I was like, I just want you to know, like, I don't blame you for any of this. Yeah. I realized that you are tw- you were 23 years old when you moved out with dad and you were literally having me with no handbook. And at that time, I'm not going to go into my personal life, but there wasn't really many people with my mom at that time, just for that first year of my life. Yeah. Um, And I feel like this goes back. Like I said, I'm not trying to make this a whole tangent because we can go on another hour for this, but I'm sometimes happy. And I realized now after last night, especially that it's okay that we haven't had kids. Yeah. Because honestly, I think I'm going to be a much better parent just from the last two years of so much self-realization of things that I'm trying to control with myself as opposed to getting pregnant three years ago, four years ago. Because yeah, did I have most of my shit together? Yeah. But emotionally, was I in the same spot as I am right now? No. No. And honestly, I've realized so many things that are triggering and I've realized so many things about why I am the way I am because of parenting it just makes my belief stronger about I don't believe that people should have kids young. And like I said, I don't want to go into a separate tangent about that. But I think now I'm starting to understand why so many people in my life keep telling me who are older than me, of course. Like it's okay. It's to wait. okay to wait. Yeah. And my mom is literally one and she was 23, which is still older than most 18, 16, 17 year old, 19 year old parents that have their first child at that age like my mom was 23 that's still pretty old but and i will like to say like not everybody's like that because i know some people that like they were maybe you know like a certain way and then they had kids and they completely they changed they changed and they made that because they had a kid um I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I think we don't get to but see what happens. But that's not everyone. Correct. And I would say it's not most people. And the only reason why I say that is because people can seem like they know what they're doing. But I just feel like for most people, you don't, you don't. realize a lot about yourself the first couple years of no, your 20s. You and you really don't. You would have to have the most perfect, healthy, upright. Um, what is it? Upbringing. Uh, upbringing. But I don't think that is but the case. But even then, I think that would be problems. Yeah, because we're all then, finding ourselves. Because still, then like, you would still try to find yourself because you never had to deal with conflict. And then you might even put that on your kid because now you're trying to live through your kid because I've seen that with so many people. Like, there's so many reasons why. And I'm not, like she said, it's not everyone. And we're not saying that you shouldn't or that it's bad that you did, made that choice. But what I'm saying is for myself, 
I'm so happy I'm waiting yeah. because me at 23, Same. 24, thinking I knew everything, like I can tell you right now, four years of wisdom and experience and self-realization and therapeutic conversations or readings that I've read have changed me so much in a such a healthy and such a positive way that I wouldn't take anything back. Yes, we joke about us like hating that we're so old and we don't have kids. But honestly, after last night and thinking about everything, honestly, it's for the best. And I really do. And that I think that's where I'm going to come to like with this approach when I have my own children. Yeah. And I don't want them to get pregnant young. My parents were always like, don't be a stereotype. You're going to college. You don't want to be fucking living on food stamps and like struggling and like all this. Like they scared me that way of not getting pregnant young when really... I think this is the is more important. This is, is more scary. How to be are honest. you going to affect your children because you are not emotionally mature or mentally prepared for what that responsibility entails? Yeah. And I think as a 19, 20, 21 year old, you think you know everything still. We thought that at 16. We thought that at 13. We thought that at 21. And I can tell you right now, as a 28 year old, for those of you who are younger than us, like more than one year, of course, it's like a couple of years or younger, you don't know everything. And I can tell you at 35, we're going to probably say we still didn't know everything right now because and, you keep growing. And I feel like you never know everything. You won't, but you at least you wiser can become wiser. Yes. You, like with experience and self-control, of course, self-control. that's the hard part is self-control but and yeah. self-awareness like you, like we talked about. So I just want to say that for those of you who can relate to us and mm-hmm. are older, if you are listening, yeah, it's okay. Don't think of it as a failure. Don't think of it as all these negative things of why you're not having children or why you're not even dating someone yet. Because I know so many of us fall in that bucket. It's probably for the best because you probably have work to do on yourself. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of podcasts, a lot of content that we see on the on social media nowadays does talk about um achieving your highest self and being and doing better for yourself and all of that includes being more emotionally mature Mm -hmm. i don't think a lot of people actually reach full emotional maturity i think that's impossible (laughs) and i think a lot of us and this probably will go into another tangent i'm sorry but like i think a lot of us women okay we say that we want an emotionally mature man but i don't think we're really ready for that and the reason why i say that and women are going to most likely agree or disagree with me but an emotionally mature person man or woman means that they are not going to deal with anything any bullshit and they're not going to react to what you're trying to do the thing is that that would i'm not saying i want an emotionally immature man okay i want to balance um i want to grow with somebody so that means that they are going to have to be a little bit immature (laughs) about shit and i I realize that but i think that only makes sense a a full mature man will leave you for and i agree with that i thought about that actually and it's not even man or woman it's it's person yes they will leave they will not that level And they will not accept anything less. And I love that for you. That's great. Not for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with that. And I 
have seen so many things on social media where women constantly talk about emotional maturity and emotional immaturity and how they want an emotional mature man and this and that whoop-de-whoop what you really want is somebody that hears you somebody that knows how to communicate somebody that can communicate their feelings and yes is that emotional maturity it is but to the extent of where i hear these people these women talk about it's like dude you do understand that with that comes the fact that if you do anything to disrupt that man's peace he will leave you so what i want to bounce off of that and i'm not saying that this is anybody in our lives particularly but i can tell you right now that i know of or know people that always preach that they want an emotionally mature man (laughs) but they are not emotionally mature themselves. You didn't really say that right now in those lame terms, but like that's kind of what I'm getting at is they would leave you. So what you're expecting something that you can't bring to the table. And, and I'm partially guilty of that myself because I I know that I can get toxic. I think we all are. And I, again, this is a self-reflection like episode. So (laughs) I have realized that. And I've like, these past couple of weeks and she's even said it she said it last night she's like i noticed like these past like three weeks like you have not like brought certain things up or yeah. like you have had a more steady head on your shoulders or like you have been looking at things through a different lens mm-hmm. and i really have because sometimes things i think as women we like to create these i don't want uh, we like to create scenarios in our head and whether it's about dating or life or whatever the case may be we just naturally look into the future and like to create these scenarios Mm -hmm. whereas i've realized men typically it's not that they don't look into the future they do but they do it differently they do it more with logic logic 100 emotion is easier for them to kind of like okay like yeah i may like this person i may whatever but logically do i see this this and this x y and z whatever the case may be right and right now i am just talking about dating but if we're talking on like even a life-to-life basis with like career moves and things like that there is and people are gonna hate me for this i know where you're getting there is stats come true yeah as to why men are more successful in positions of power and move up in companies and it's because they do think more with logic versus emotion emotion us women we do think with emotion that's just a biological thing i'm not saying that that makes it better or worse because i think certain circumstances and certain situations need emotion you have to have a balance yes but i think that's why i'm sorry just to say one thing and i feel bad now that i've said it on the last episode Mm -hmm. i think that's why when men are too emotional and i think you might be guilty of this Mm -hmm. we tend to like like it's it's off-putting for us because we're not used to that and we're used to men being like logical so when they're too emotional it's almost like we like i'm guilty of saying someone's crazy but that's just really what men say to us that we're crazy because we all think it's emotions emotion is what is tied to crazy the term crazy yeah right and i feel like like i said in the beginning Life is a contradiction and we are going to go through a lot of things within this platform and this podcast where we will say something on one episode and probably say completely something else the next because within that time frame, like 
maybe she and I, we've talked, maybe we've talked to others and it's given us a different perspective. Yeah. And I think that's what it really boils down to is just different perspectives of different things as to why someone is the way they are or why certain people mm-hmm. react or why they do things like blocking or things of whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I don't think... I think if anything, this has taught us more in this episode, because I think we've also learned just as talking in this episode that just because you're more emotional as a man doesn't make you a bitch. It doesn't. Okay. Um, Like you said, do I think there's a balance? Yes, of course. I think there's a huge balance. I think that's for everybody. Like it goes for men and women. But it goes for men and women. I just use that as in like the lamest terms. Yeah. Um, because I think that's also another tangent that we could also go on that's as separate, to yeah. why like women don't always prefer that, but we always say we want a man who's emotional. Yeah, it's I contradict. I think I can speak for most women that when we say we want a man emotional, we just want them to be able to communicate their feelings and love us and love us only and, us <laughs> and, and be able to define the problem and us work towards it and solve it but we don't do that as women and i feel like that's actually unfair of us to expect that now that you said it just like that i think majority of women are not like that i feel like but we want that and i think i don't think that's technically bad to want that yeah because if you are lacking that and you know that you need that from a partner i don't think that's wrong i've told i told you this yesterday when i needed a partner yeah and so i just think it's more of making clear mm, clarifying your expectations Mm -hmm. within yourself Mm -hmm. and what you need and what you want because what you need and what you want is completely two different things most of the time most of the time so that's the end of our rant we will probably talk about this more sorry i want to end with something we don't need to go into it i just want to end with reading some things for those of you who might be sitting here disagreeing with us or thinking that you are emotionally mature i'm gonna leave you with some things from a therapist we can always address it next episode because i think this is a really good topic i'm gonna read these to leave you guys with this i want you guys to think about everything we said today some of you will not be able to relate and that's totally okay Mm -hmm. some of you might relate in a different way or it reminded you of something else you've gone through that you can relate to the concept but maybe not the experiences okay next episode we can possibly go into these um, depending how we feel, if we feel like it's needed or we have another therapy session that we want to address. Mm-hmm. But I want to leave this for everybody because I think sometimes we need to have a different perspective before we decide like, oh no, that's not me. There's no way that's me. Cause that was me. I thought I would never would have said I'm actually pretty emotionally immature. And I would say now, like I read this in June cause it's from June. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you right now, June to November, I've already worked on like two of these things and I just had to read it to realize, oh, fuck, this applies to me. So these are some signs that you may have. Like she said, it's no one's going to be 100 percent emotionally mature. It's a spectrum. I think of it as a spectrum. You're either very immature, very mature, or you're like in the middle or partially Mm -hmm. on one side. Okay, so these are things. Emotionally immature people are deeply activated by perceived criticism because they feel a lot of the internal shame, so they constantly feel the need to defend themselves. We talked about defensiveness. Having a close relationship is difficult because they, they deflect any time they feel criticized. Deflection is a protection mechanism we use to avoid criticism or blame. I think the criticism is huge for me because I'm a perfectionist and that comes down to how I was raised. Deflection might sound like 
I did that because you did this. I've heard that out of so many people's mouths in my life. I'm always the bad guy. I don't use that one. I think I've used it once. It's not my fault. You are too emotional. I have used that. If I'm so horrible, why don't you just leave me? I said that once (laughs) with one person. (laughs) You're so dramatic. I've said that a thousand times to people (laughs) or at least in my head. (laughs) Can't we just have peace? I've said that. And I've heard that from people that are not, that have had issues with emotional maturity. That's, I think, more towards the peace is like, you always feel like something's an issue, so you just want to get away from it. It comes Except both in ways. my case, it, everything was an actual issue. You're mean. I've said that. <laughs> Too mature, we have to end our patterns of deflection and become vulnerable. This shows we care about people's feelings. We want to grow and we can handle our own discomfort. So you can handle, uh, you can be empathetic for others, but if you can't handle your own discomfort, that doesn't help the situation. How to become more emotionally mature. Refrain criticism. If your partner says, I feel hurt when you don't check in, you might be hearing, you're a bad person because you didn't check in. That's getting defensive. Notice when you take things as a personal attack. Everything's always so personal. People are out to get you. Ask a follow-up question instead of defending yourself or shutting down because it can go both ways. She shuts down. I defend myself most of the time. Sometimes you defend yourself or vice versa. Depends on how the tone is in the person. Ask a follow-up question. For example, are you asking me to check in more? Would that help you feel more connected? So instead of getting all reactive, you're doing that. They're protecting us. For all the dog lovers out there, it's okay. Don't make people walk on eggshells can relate to this. Not myself, but other people in my life. Being highly reactive can cause people to fear coming to you. Take a deep breath when you feel uncomfortable. Tell yourself I'm safe. Mature people don't use reactivity to avoid situations. So if you're mature, you're also not avoiding things. Okay. Find solutions and connection. Mature people go into conflict seeking solutions. They can accept they have flaws, that's hard for me, Mm -hmm. and can stay connected instead of shutting down. This builds trust and emotional intimacy. So those are things that sound very like, oh shit, like that makes me immature for doing that. Some people think walking away from problems is the right thing to do. I'm not saying it's not because it depends on the circumstances. If you need like a cool minute versus I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like we don't need to talk about it. Let's just forget about it. That is more deflection because you're just like putting it under the rug. Like I said, I think it's different if you're like, hey, I just need a second to compose myself and gather my thoughts. That's different. And then you come back to the issue at hand. Correct. I think that's very different. It is. It's the people mm. that are more like, I don't want to deal with this. I hate conflict. I don't want to. And I've had friends like that. And then we talked it through later and they recognized that they were doing that because they didn't want to deal with it. And I'm like, that is not like, well, I didn't say it was emotionally mature because I didn't even read yeah. that at the time. But I knew that wasn't the right way to go about it. Yeah. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. Um we're gonna go into our advice segment now (laughs) i don't know if the question's lighter this time i forgot we had two dms out with the old in with the new old in with the new let's get it this was very serious so i'm like well i would actually my friend she actually asked me a question okay we'll just go off of that if it's your friend the other ones are people we don't know so so um how would you I guess, react or handle if you were invited by your ex's family 
to a gathering? X. Sorry. Um, or how would you there's a two-part question okay. damn <laughs> or how would you react or handle if your situationship invited you to a gathering a okay family those gathering. are completely two different they things. are so let's do the first one they are i can make this pretty short actually i can too old me okay so ex family ex's family inviting you to a gathering old me fuck it i'm going because I told Crazy. you guys last episode, I did not have a good or easy time letting go of things, whether I left or they left. And I think that was the whole power trip of me, like having control of the situation and still being in touch and knowing like, oh, they're still around if I need them. Okay. Also depends if you get left or not, because if it was I got left then I would definitely go because I still probably wanted to be with them. Um, new me would say there's no need. Mm-hmm. Um we can go on this for an hour because honestly, there's so many different situations. I'll just say this. You don't have children involved because if there's children involved, that brings a whole different situation. Yeah, there are not children. So no children involved in the situation. Um, I think it depends on how long you guys were together, but I just also think it's not needed. And I think there's boundaries that shouldn't be crossed. And when I say that is I think about the future a lot and it's like, well, let's pretend you're single okay, well, I can go. But what if you have a partner later? Why are you keeping that relationship or tied to your ex, whether it's their family or not? You're keeping a tie there that's going to have to be probably addressed later. And that might make your new significant other uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And why would you want to drag that on for maybe two more years that you're single? And so now it's getting stronger, the tie. So that now when you do have a significant other, it's more difficult to let go then. Whereas you're slowly doing it over time, it becomes easier once you do have a new person in your life. And I just... The only other circumstance I could understand is if you were like best friends with one of the family members. But even then I think about it. What if you're best friends with your ex's mom? It's like now you have a new in-law later. Like how do you explain that you like hang out with your ex-boyfriend's mom? Like it just doesn't sound right. Now some people might disagree and say no. Like I don't think it's a big deal and that's okay for you. But I know if my ex or my new husband or my new boyfriend was constantly at his ex's mom's and or dad hanging I would almost feel like especially if they didn't have the relationship with my dad it would hurt me and it would bother me and I'd be like I know you're gonna see them eventually like why are you still involved like one thing is like they die I think it you show respect sorry (laughs) my ex died episode if they die of course you can go there I think it's it's different too because I've seen this where like you're friends with the sibling first and then, Ooh, and then you, you date the front you date the brother or the sister that's messy that's why you don't ever do that and, <laughs> and then it's like well i'm still like best friends with your sister i have not done that so. and i've seen that happen and i know that's difficult that's hard um but it happens and like that person is still in the family gatherings and all that shit and i feel like at that point it's kind of like mm, whatever but they bring their boyfriend with them i've seen okay, that that's too. Their crazy new boyfriend that's yes. crazy but if that's healthy and that works for both parties and your significant other's not um upset about it then that's okay for you but that's rare i think to go off of what you said i say there's boundaries yeah. if your best friends still with them i just don't agree that you need to be at the family gatherings if it's the friend's birthday and maybe they're there, that's fine. But if it's like, oh, we're having a barbecue, there's like no very important reason. Or it's our mom's birthday. Like you're friends with this. Yeah, you know the mom, of course. But like if you're best friends with the sibling, 
keep the boundary with the sibling like you two only hang out together alone i feel like that's hard too because like there's so many ways that you can spin this off like what if you've known the mom's known you since you were like two like and you've been and you've been been best friends like that's family at that point and like it's hard and it's like fuck (laughs) but i think that's where and I'm not saying be logical because all of us fall in love and have emotions and cannot yeah. restrain it. But that's where my logic comes in when I'm making a decision to hook up or date somebody in my life already. You have to think ahead and be smart because yeah. if you know that that can potentially ruin things later, I don't get involved. There's only been one time that I did that and it did ruin things. But the good thing is I wasn't super close to anyone in their family and it we weren't that close before, but the, it did affect it because it's somebody that my parents hang out with their parents. But I'm never there for it because boundaries yeah. like if they're there, like I'm not gonna, like it wouldn't happen. I wouldn't be home like yeah. I, my parents warned me like and I wouldn't do that to my new boyfriend. So like that's why I wouldn't get involved with somebody like that. Like and I know it's, it happens all the time, though. So I know it's it's not rare, but I had a situation recently where I felt like I was falling for somebody that was kind of tied to my life in a certain way. But I kept, I refrained myself so much because I thought this is not a random person that I can just fuck up with and leave. Like, they may still be in my life and I don't want that to ruin. And I think like when we're younger, we don't give a fuck because we're just emotional. We're like, oh, I like this guy. Like, but I think as we get older, we realize that. And if you're willing to be like, no, like I can draw boundaries and I'll be fine. Go for it. But if like you're saying like you've known this person forever and like unless you guys are sure like you're going to get married because you guys have been in love since you were like 10. Like, I just don't think it's smart to get involved. Yeah. But like you said, you can't control things in the minute. Like, right. You You might feel it in the moment and it just fucks it up. But consequences always, guys. Or you just never speak of it as time (laughs) passed by and it just never happened. You can try, but you can do that. You can just be careful, guys. Skeletons do come out. I'm they always, do. I'm always scared about that. They do. But at the same time, if it comes out, it comes out. Like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, this is a person from my past, but we're still tied because of X, Y, and Z yeah. because we literally don't have a choice and it is what it is. I think. And yeah. I mean, we explored it and didn't work out. And you either are going to throw a fit and not respect it or you're going to be like, OK, well, I'm with you now. I just want to be with you. I think it also comes down to like reassuring your partner and it's like, look, like this may have happened with this person, but yeah. at the same time, like I'm with you now. Like it didn't work out. There's no feeling mutually or whatever. Yeah. And this person is always going to be in my life because of X, Y, and Z. And there's no, there's literally no. I think that's something you should make clear in the beginning instead of wasting someone's time for like yeah. a couple months. But I do feel like I just think boundaries are so important because I would say majority of people would not be okay with that. Yeah. And the reason why I say it is because you can still keep people in your life and at a distance. That means not going to intimate gatherings. Like I said, funerals. Okay. It's their fucking 50th anniversary. Like someone's having a baby. Like these are very important moments where it's like, okay, I feel like I need to be there. But I also feel like if I put myself in the shoes as like, I'm the ex's family or like, I'm like my brother. Okay. Let's say it's my brother. Like it's my family. I'm the the outsider. And like, I became friends with my brother's girlfriend. That's now his ex. And she doesn't come over as often, but she still says happy birthday and stays in touch. And like, that's different. I wouldn't be upset because I understand that this person now has a new relationship and not everyone is going to be okay with you hanging around the family and going to their house all that. Like there's boundaries. You can still stay in touch and not be. I get that. I get that to an extent because I feel like there's certain circumstances where it's like, look, this is what it is. It literally can't change. 
because we're both tied to a person and we both care about this person and it is what it is like we're both gonna be there for this person like yeah it's hard there's certain things certain circumstances where it's like dude like that's just what it is so we either just don't talk about it and nobody says anything about it because it just didn't work out and it is what it is or like you decide to tell your partner i think at that point it's up to the person yeah i would tell your partner if it's Um, that close and you guys unless it was a one-time thing i feel like that's gonna come out if you're gonna stay in that person there's someone's gonna say it if the whole family knows it's gonna come out yeah if it's just like a one-time hookup that's different but if you guys like dated or like talked for like a while or you were in love with this person I think that's wrong on all levels to lie about just because like if you're getting married like it's gonna come out and if you're always bringing that like if you are gonna stay in touch all the time that's even worse I feel like sometimes you don't have a choice like you're going to you're you you're literally going to stay in touch with that person like you may have and draw boundaries but like you will always be at family gatherings like there's just no I I know I would be able to not personally that's just only because like I don't know. I think I've always prioritized my relationships over other things. I feel like, and maybe that's not the best thing, but I think back now, like if they, I feel like I would be of no issue with it, but that's just me. I mean, it's hard. It's really up to you. But if you can be honest from the beginning, like she said, and like they're okay with it and you're always bring them around, then I don't see the problem. But if your partner's uncomfortable, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't agree with your partner. Like, I just don't think it's like, they also should say up front, though. They shouldn't keep throwing it at you over and over again. Like, if you're yeah. unhappy, leave. Literally. But, Emotional maturity, though, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It is. It's a difficult conversation, but that's why you should always but think I, about your actions. But, <laughs> but I also like, think, too, that you telling your partner does show that you have respect oh, for your Oh, 100%. Partner. So, you should. So, Not you know. Now, situationship. Um, that's a whole different take. You go first. <laughs> Old you. I'm not even going to go. I think we're just going to end it with me because you said yours about the ex and I just chimed in here and there. You can chime in on this one. Um, Old me would just go just because I'll be like, oh, my God. Yeah, because I'm going with the flow. Literally. She knows you that. You met parents very early I, on. So. I literally have met parents day two. So. Wild. Uh, did not have a choice in that. Um. <laughs> And knew me now, <laughs> I would definitely be like, okay, what are we doing? Like, if I'm, so I think it's, it's it, okay, mm. it's different if, <sighs> it's different if you get invited <laughs> to like a gathering and nobody knows. Okay. Okay, or like only a few people know, but like you guys are keeping it on the down low and nobody knows. That's a little hard, depending on the circumstances, if you're the girl that's being brought and it's only you instead of like three people coming at once. Yes. It, that makes a yes. difference. Yes. But I'm saying if it's like, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, but if it's just you solely and he's just asking you in a typical regular world. Yes. General terms. General. Um, I would ask. Okay, what are we doing? Yeah. Why? 
are you, is there something going on like do you, why do you want me to meet your parents like is this gonna lead somewhere is it not because if it's not and you don't see it leading anywhere why am I gonna go and exhaust myself to go meet your parents you know what just came to my mind when you said that I feel like I've met men and I say men because I don't know very many I don't think I can name a woman that I know that's done this it's mainly men I have a couple some close to me and some not mm-hmm. They don't see it as a big deal. And like, they'll like, let's pretend like their sister's getting married. I need a plus one. And they just bring you as a date. But they might not even see you as a girlfriend, but you're still like a date. Because, you know, they give you like a plus one. And a lot of the time people do bring plus ones to family gatherings. But it's they it's not going anywhere. They're just like talking still. And I think that's fucking weird. (laughs) I've never been invited for that. I'm not going to lie. As like a plus one to a formal event at a family party. So I was good. In earlier this year, mm-hmm. I had gotten invited to go to this man's brother's wedding. Okay. The difference is, is that he did see something with me. Okay. He did see a future with me. He told you that. He made it very clear that he loved me. Okay. In so many words and the words. And he did say that he wants a family. Okay. However, obviously that scared the fuck out of me because... It moved very quickly and it was too soon for me. Yeah. But I think what you're saying is correct. I do think it's weird if you're going to bring somebody around your family, especially at an intimate moment. Um, It's different if it's a friend. I think it's different if... I agree with that. You know. The friends. I think it's different if it's a friend. I think it's different if it's like... A co-worker's gathering. can you yeah. Plus one. Yeah, coworkers gathering is completely Cause, different because that happens. Like they like work events that you can bring plus ones. Like that's completely different to me. Yeah. Um, but like an intimate gathering with your family, I think that's a little bit, you know, like that's kind of pushing it. Even if you do want that person there, yeah. I think you just have to have a clear intention if you want that person there or not. Now there are different circumstances with that too, and like I said, we can go into a whole tangent about this, like oh, what if it's a family friend and they already know them so it's not really weird and it, they really wouldn't question if they were there. Like, there's so many different scenarios that could play out. I'm just speaking to this one that's general. And general is a situationship, yeah, basically. Yeah, and if you don't know the person at all. So old me, I'll just say it quick. Old me, I would have still had reservations and I can honestly say that only because I've, I think I've told you this before and I told my mom this and she didn't believe me and I was like, you don't even know like the half of it. I have anxiety about meeting people's parents or people I don't know. Yeah. It's even friends. Like if I have to go to your house for the first time, I just feel so awkward, but it's my social anxiety of meeting multiple people. Like if I'm just meeting your parent, one parent, I can do that. It's like one-on-one. Hi, this is my mom. But if I'm meeting like siblings, family, extended family all at once, like, oh, yeah. and I've lot. had to do that with my ex-boyfriends it's for the first time, I freak out. I don't want to go. I psych myself out. Mm-hmm. So you inviting me and we're not even in a safe, committed relationship, mm-hmm. I would have had a problem with it. But I probably would have just been like, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I can tell you right now, one of my ex-boyfriends, I avoided meeting his family for almost a year. <laughs> okay so imagine if it was a situation ship i wouldn't have went I know exactly. so new me is similar i still get anxiety thinking about it mm-hmm. but like you said i would question what the hell's going on yeah. and why i need to be there and i would tell you like if i liked you i want to be there yeah. but like i only want to go if you actually want to date me exactly because i'm not putting myself to the anxiety for no reason exactly. and if you tell me you don't want a relationship i'm not going new exactly. me is not going 
exactly that's my boundary i'm not going exactly i'll hang out with your friends maybe and that even still depends because i just don't like i don't like being it's like almost like are you showing me off like are Mm. you bringing me because you you want to make sure like you're getting laid like are you bringing me because everybody else has a significant other and you feel alone like why are you bringing me around i hate you for that one but it's true though because i've i've felt that with some guys like i felt like they wanted to bring me around on purpose but not for the right reasons but then I've also had guys who refused to bring me around, but we also were not together. So I didn't get upset by it. And then I've also had guys bring me around because like we do have a good time together. Yeah. And, and that can be it too. And that just be that like, yeah. and, and that can and get his friends <laughs> like me or like they have enjoy their time. There's never issues. Like it's yeah. always a good time. Like I've had that too. So I just to each their own. Okay. <laughs> do what you want. We're just here to give you different perspectives and different looks on things. And like I said, this question was kind of difficult to answer because I feel like there's so many different scenarios that yeah. you could have answered. Um, and each scenario is going to have a different answer. I'll tell you that right now. It is. It's a different response. It's too. a different response. This is, like I said, you guys don't know each other. You guys have never met each other's families before. You guys aren't friends. You guys are just family. acting like you you're guys, dating with no intention. You guys, are literally, you guys are literally two strangers that met, that are in a situationship and that's just what it is and yeah so we're gonna close out okay (laughs) follow us on spotify apple podcasts you can rate us five stars on there please leave a comment somebody actually left us a comment on the lot for to tell you but (laughs) thank you to whoever if you're listening um you can subscribe to our youtube channel so please subscribe and you can also like and comment on there we're on tiktok and instagram at flings and things official with an n not and i'm at moni.montenegro and i'm at drea.monte and please, please, please share, 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 share. We love you guys. Sure, Thank sure. you so much for listening to our <laughs> therapy session. I hope it helped. And I hope you guys have a great, wonderful week. Bye.